Hey, and welcome to episode 13 of Stops and Starts, a women's hockey podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Glavin. Okay, on today's episode, we're going to do a quick episode. I'm going to talk about two things. Last night's um, hockey game between Canada and USA, game five of the rivalry series, and also just touch on the Toronto Six a little bit because I've been watching them. So last night was game five between Canada and the USA rivalry series, um, getting ready for the Olympics. They played in Missouri, which is uh, uh, the first time Team Canada had ever played there. So that was pretty cool. And they played at the rink where the Lindenwood Lions play. Um, So again, pretty cool. Uh, The rink is not huge, but it has like bowl seating. And for a Wednesday night, you know, I I didn't expect it to be packed um, given that it's St. Charles, Missouri and uh, Wednesday night. Um, But they still had a pretty good crowd out there, so it was cool. And they had Shelly Looney do the ceremonial puck drop for the start of the game. Um, Canada won 2-1 in overtime. All the games so far have been close. Canada now leads the series 3-2. What I was mostly interested in watching yesterday was Canada's defense because Canada still has um, three more cuts to make and one of them is probably going to be on defense. And so let's just talk about who they have on defense real quick. Um, So they have Renata Fast and... Jocelyn LaRock. I think those are like Canada's go-to defenders. They're going to make the team for sure. I think Erin Ambrose is going to make the team. She's like their number three defender from what I can tell. Um, Claire Thompson is a young defender who just graduated from Princeton. Hockey Canada is giving her a lot of ice time. It looks like she's going to make the roster as well. After that is where it gets a little bit tricky in my mind. Um, I think, and maybe this is a controversial opinion, or maybe it's going to come off as maybe just not the most fair thing to say about the players, but I think Canada sometimes gets ideas in their head about they just want a certain player on their team, and they're going to do everything they can to put that player on their team. And I think maybe part of the reasoning is that, you know, you got all these women in Canada that play hockey, and it gets down to a point where two players on the ice, they're really, they're going to be the same, and it just comes down to which one do they like so to speak um I get the sense that Canada wants um Mickelson on the team um she would be either a third or a fourth time Olympian she's the oldest on the team she's a mom of two she's amazing in terms of her fitness work ethic and um just very inspiring person if you follow her online at all she's just clearly an awesome human and obviously a great hockey player however she is older and she blew out her knee like five or six months ago so last night was her very first game back um and i i'm just very curious to see if she will make the roster i think canada likes her and they really 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 want to be able to see her perform on the ice in a way that they can justify putting her on the roster um but we'll see so um i think mickelson is a question mark um, and then after that, there is Micah Zandi Hart. She's from British Columbia. Pretty young. Um, but she, she I forget when she graduated. Uh, Might have been 2020 from Cornell. Um, but she has had like a string of bad luck between coronavirus cancellations and injuries. I couldn't tell you if she's been to a world championships yet. Um, she was centralized for the 2018 Olympics, but did not make that final roster. So she's another one that I think has sort of been on the path and been part of Canada's plans to make the roster. Um, so we'll see if she makes it. Um, I expect her to make it, 
Um, and then the last one who was dressed on D last night was Ella Shelton, um, a young defender, uh, recently graduated from Clarkson. Um, so those three that I just mentioned, Shelton, Mickelson, and Micah Zandy Hart, they kind of shared the, the sort of lower amount of ice time for the bottom three people of the D. Um, and Ash and, and, you know, maybe that group that I just mentioned, maybe that's the group of seven, maybe they'll take seven D and, and those are the ones, but then there's also Ashton Bell, who's still on the roster, um, plays at UMD. Um, she's from Win or she's from Manitoba, I want to say. And, um, so there's, there's a, a, a release that needs to happen amongst that crowd that I just mentioned. And I'm interested to see who it, who it is. Um, I don't know who it is. The only thing I can say is I get the sense that Canada really wants to be able to justify putting Mickelson and Zandi Hart on the roster. Um, and with those guys coming off injuries, I think it's just a little bit interesting to see how that plays out. And then even more so than that um, is let's say that they make the roster. Can they do the job? Um, can they absorb enough minutes um, to support the top 4D? And if any of the top 4D get injured, can one of those two, Zandi Hart or Mickelson, can they step up and get the job done for Canada? Um, to that end, last night uh, for the game, I mostly just watched Canada's defense. That's what I tried to do the most. And I would, you know, I'm not even a coach, let alone an evaluator or a scout, but. Um, I did try to purposely watch the defense and it was, you know, I was like, wow, I should do this more often because, um, it was very fun to watch Renata Fast and Jocelyn LaRock. I, they, I just thought they were both fantastic and you, you could see why they're the leaders of that decor. Um, when the game went over time, those two played all the defense for Canada. So you can tell that Canada, uh, values them mightily. One of the things, so as I said, Canada won two to one. Uh, Marie Philip Poulin scored two goals, and Hillary Knight scored um, a goal as well. Uh, the goals that were scored in regulation were power play goals, um, and then the other one was obviously an overtime on three on three. So these, I mean, these teams they they match up so evenly. I don't even know how you can say, well, I think this team's going to win because they have the edge. I mean, it feels like it's a coin toss. If uh, that's how it feels. So I will say though, Poulin looks amazing. And one of the thing about last night's goals for Canada was that both of them came off of the, um, shortly after a face-off and what happened in both situations, one was an offensive zone face-off, one was a defensive zone face-off. But what happened in both situations was, uh, the puck was dropped and the centers kind of tied up and then Canada's second player in won the battle for the puck. Um, and the goal came shortly after in both cases. So I think if you're the United States, um, and there was also a goal just like, uh, there was a goal that was scored just off the face-off in the gold medal game. So if you're the United States, I do think that that's uh, something that you should clean up because I do think that like United States kind of carried the play in other situations of the game, like America outshot Canada last night and they also had five shots in overtime, whereas Canada only had one. Um, but the one that Canada had was um, the one that went in the net. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that Canada scored both goals last night off of the face-off. Um, the first goal was an offensive zone face-off, like I said. 
Um, I think it was Fillier tied up on the faceoff. Rebecca Johnson swooped in, grabbed the puck, got it over to um, the point to Aaron Ambrose, who one time did a cross to Poulin. She was on the point because it was a power play. Um, Jenner was, uh, I believe it was Jenner, she was um, screening in front. And kind of a breakdown, Poulin had all the time in the world to just walk in, walk in, walk in. And everyone was thinking she was going to pass cross ice, but she just picked her spot short side low and scored. Um, And it was kind of, it was one of those goals where, when you were watching it on TV, you could very much see the play develop. That's not always the case on TV, but I think anyone watching was like, oh my gosh, there's space down there. Like, she does not need to pass. She can just shoot. It is right there. And uh, being the brilliant hockey player that she is, that's exactly what she did, shoot and score. Um, on the goal, the goal in overtime, it was, like I said, a defensive zone faceoff. Blair Turnbull tied up three on three. Poulin smartly went in, and she beat Knight to the puck, um, and she poked the puck loose to her defender, and she shot out of the zone herself, and her and LaRocque went down two on one, and uh, Poulin tipped it in on a a great LaRocque feed. Um, So, boy, Poulin is worth the price of admission every time you tune in. So, um, you know, and it's funny, a couple years ago, there was an article written that suggested she might not be in the top 20 anymore because she was having injury troubles and hockey women's hockey twitter is so small but women's hockey twitter will not let that go because of course every time she plays now and she looks great you know people say she's the greatest in the world blah 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 so uh but hey it was an exhibition game and if you're a canadian fan you want her to be the greatest in the world at beijing which by the way sidebar and we're transitioning away from um talking about last night's game now um I feel like before the Olympics, every time, we all have this, like, this is how we say this city. This is everybody's, like, global understanding or North American understanding of how to say this city. And then, like, right before the Olympics, it's like the commentators all get taught a new way of pronouncing the name of the city. So, apparently, Beijing, my whole life, I think I've said Beijing, we are now saying Beijing. That was one of my takeaways last night from listening to the commentators. So, okay. Um, but anyway, we need Poulin to be Poulin at Beijing if we are a, hockey, uh, a Canada fan. Um, and if you're a USA fan, you might want her to be the Poulin that gets injured. Um, okay, so switching gears over to the Toronto Six. So I've been watching a bit of PHF. They're on ESPN+. Plus, and I love, I really enjoy watching them. Um, their games are archived. I rarely get to them live. Um, watching them live on like watching them while they're truly happening on TV but I will watch them a little bit before work and I'll watch them in the evening and yes I already know the outcome of the game at that point but I still enjoy it Um, I think there's really good hockey there if I were to make some criticisms I think you know because they all work they're probably not as physically fit as they could well they're not as physically fit as they could be um, and, and you can see in the second games of the series, you can just see the level of play goes down, in my opinion, because the players are exhausted. Um, they also have fairly short rosters. They would benefit from having a fourth line um, just to absorb some of that ice time. And so it is what it is. I really enjoy watching them. There are times, though, when the games can get sloppy, and then there's other times where the demonstration of skill is just fantastic. Um, in fairness to them, guess what? Last night between Canada and USA, the first period was boring. 
it was I don't know if you want to call it sloppy I don't know what the right word is but it was just so boring so um, the point is if you're a hockey fan the PHF is worth watching um, Toronto's pretty good they got destroyed by Boston a few a couple weeks ago and it was just like I said like the first game they were able to hang on push it to a shootout the second game they had nothing left and um, they had nothing left and they got destroyed 8-2 um, and I, I think Boston I mean Boston's roster is pretty pretty deep I mean they very deep and I wouldn't be surprised if they have more bodies on their rosters than any other team but uh, um, anyways I've, so I've been enjoying watching the T6 anyway they recently got sponsored by Athleta um, Athleta is a brand of Gap um, and it is great to see Athleta jumping in and sponsoring. I, I'm thrilled. Now, I, the first time I bought Athleta was after they sponsored. It was either Allison Felix in track and field or Simone Biles in, in gymnastics. Um, as a consumer, I always say this. I don't, like, I am paying attention to who, which brands are investing in women's sport and specifically women's ice hockey. So there's no question over the holidays I will go spend more money at, at Athleta. Um, but I... And I, I, I don't know what the metric is for um, companies deciding whether or not they want to invest in men's sport because um, I don't know what the metric is. But I do know that, that that metric, it can't be the same metric for the decision making for investing in women's sport. So as an example, my husband watches way more sports than me, but I guarantee he's not paying attention to who the advertisers are and thinking, oh, they supported these these uh, professional men's hockey or men's football team. I'm going to I'm going to go support this brand now. He's not thinking that way. Um, and I watch way less sports than him, but anyone that supports women's sports specifically women's hockey i'm like oh i want to go spend money at this company so i just want to say i'm absolutely thrilled that um athleta jumped into the women's hockey space um specifically um sponsoring the toronto six um and i'm gonna go spend some some money there i saw that there was some goofy stuff where they online they said you know toronto six are the only the first and only professional hockey team in Canada, which is not true. Um, I don't know if who at the Toronto Six fed them that information. I think it's stupid. I think it's petty, um, and I also think it's stupid. And because the truth, because that's not a true statement. And I also also think it is petty. All the folks that jumped on on the brand and started saying, "This is so wrong. Do your research. Blah, this is not the first professional team." It's just like you know, you look at that, and if you're a brand, like. The brand is trying to support women's sport and trying to um, create opportunities and basically shovel money towards women. Um, so as a, myself, I absolutely, I'll just be honest, I cannot stand when, in this case, the brand is frankly innocent. Um, they're a good guy in this situation. And folks are just dragging them into the petty BS um, that has plagued women's hockey frankly for at least as long as I've been paying attention and you can respond to that and say well it's misogyny that's causing this the root of the issue is this don't don't get upset about the the symptom get upset about the cause and guess guess what I am upset about the cause but in this particular situation when a brand shows up with a bunch of money um if they if they say something that's a little bit factually inaccurate personally uh on going online and, and, and shredding them um I, I think that's just a, 
petty and foolish and, and not what women's hockey needs. Um, so a couple more months until the Olympics are over and hopefully some steps forward in reconciling this nonsense can happen. Um, Canada and the United States play again tomorrow night. I got my NHL Network subscription. It's going to be awesome. I'll be back watching again. Um, so far, the game is happening in St. Louis again. So far, the home team's never won. So we will see what happened. Um, so that was my quick podcast for today. Thanks for listening. Um, have an awesome Thursday. We are almost to the weekend. And we'll chat again soon.